Sholem Aleichem, welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Hankus Netsky. Hankus is chair of the New England Conservatory's Contemporary Improvisation Department and founder and director of the Klezmer Conservatory Band, an internationally renowned Yiddish music ensemble. He has composed extensively for film, theater, and television, and collaborated, performed, and recorded with many well-known artists, including Itzhak Perlman and Theodore Bekel. And he's the author of Klezmer Music and Community in the 20th Century Philadelphia. Hankus has worked with the Yiddish Book Center since its founding in 1980 in the area of education, oral history, and exhibition. And of course, he's been a large part of our annual Yidstock, the Festival of New Yiddish Music. Welcome, Hankus. Great to be here, Lisa. Well, thanks for hopping on a call today. Um, so you and I connected the other day when you were here at the center, and uh, you thought it would be okay to suggest that, um, or I think it might be okay to suggest that you were actually summoned or urged to the center to come and uh, go through what we affectionately refer to here as Hankus's closet. Yeah, well, when I worked at the book center, I had an office which... Uh, was right next to a wonderful closet, and uh, that closet was where records and sheet music and uh, anything that really wasn't literature kind of ended up, and um, after I went back to work at the conservatory, uh, somehow a lot of things still stayed in that closet, so every now now and then I uh, I go revisit, but I found out they're going to use the closet for some other purposes. So, you know, I decided to just uh, come running and find out what still was there, and I was pretty amazed at what I found. So tell me a little bit about the sort of backstory to how and why all of this ended up in the closet. Well, um, as far as why um, things end up in a closet at the book center rather than on the shelves would be because the book center... um, the book center deals with literature, basically, and it does uh, have you know, sheet music as one of the things that uh, is part of the catalog, but really that is a very specific uh, part of the catalog from um, from a time when they bought out a major publisher, uh, I think back in the early 1980s. So other sheet music and records don't really fit in all that much to the book center's agenda. Um, but that doesn't mean that people aren't going to send them to the book center, and that's really, uh, you know, what's been going on all along since uh, since 1980, since the book center started. I think what happens is, uh, you know, people um, people look at what their grandparents had or what their parents had, and they they see these treasures and they just think, well, where can I send these? And it's not really obvious. There's really not a specific um, organization in the whole Yiddish or Eastern European Jewish world, anyway, that is geared toward music. Um, there are wonderful archives out there, and uh, Florida Atlantic University is one that deals with recordings and Dartmouth College also, and they put them online. So that, those are great places to send things. But that would not occur to people necessarily. Um, so they send them to the book center, and uh, in some cases they end up in the closet. Now, uh, David Mazower, who is the uh, who is in charge of the whole catalog of the book center, um, 
wonderfully enough, um, is the person who will repatriate these things if they are um, if they belong in archives. In other words, if they're rare documents, um, he is somebody who is capable of researching where these things should be, so that uh, they can be with uh, other similar papers. But um, for the interim, they sometimes end up in the closet. So let me ask you, um, Hankus, you are a musical ethnographer, correct? I mean, that's one of the titles we ascribe to you. An ethnographer, I, yeah, from yeah. the point of view of someone who interviews musicians a yeah. lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in terms of, you, you know, you were smart enough, uh, whatever, um, dutiful enough to put these uh, aside because they do have – um, they have value, not just monetary value, but cultural value. So what do you think about music um, that really does sort of inform our understanding of Yiddish and Jewish culture in many of the same ways that, you know, the cultural production of literature, theater, et cetera? Music plays a big role, yeah? Well, music is uh, different from literature in that it um, can be brought alive uh, in many different ways, um, and I suppose literature could be also adapted in that way, but um, there's a tremendous revival of music from Eastern European Jewish background now because there was about a 50 or 60 year period when it was not taught and when it was really kind of put away. And so there's a younger generation that's really looking uh, for all kinds of uh, source material. And um, as I said, there's not really a centralized place to find it. Uh, so, um, but it is of uh, tremendous value. Sure, if you're studying a culture, the music uh, can tell you many, many things. And uh, as the years go by, we learn actually, uh, interestingly, if we learn more and more about this music. When I first started um, researching Jewish music, there there were hardly any books at all on Eastern European Jewish music that had any information on uh, where things were from or um, what the um, lives were like of the people who wrote them. Uh, so it's, you know, as the years go by, uh, because of much more interest in these, this field and uh, the work of people in my generation and younger generations, uh, there's quite a bit going on. So can you share a little bit about what you discovered or maybe rediscovered as you went through Well, this? sure. I mean, the thing is, uh, when you go through, um, you know, what people send, people will send in, for example, what's in their piano bench. So in a lot of cases, if there's Yiddish sheet music, um, there will be popular songs, and that's to be expected. You'll, you'll, you'll find your Yiddish Mama and your, you know, Papi Rosen and Rosen Kismet Mandolin, and these, these, are, these are actually very fairly common names, even though they might not be familiar to some of our listeners. Um, on the other hand, uh, mixed in with these uh, could be all kinds of stuff. And um, in the case of what, uh, what I saw the other day, for example, uh, one of the first things that David Mazower brought over was um, a handwritten uh, manuscript. Um, and on the outside, it said... Um, the Yiddish uh, Shiksa, which is uh, which was a play, which means the Jewish non-Jewish girl. Um, so it's an interesting concept to begin with. Um, 
but uh, it was written by uh, Shalom Sekunda and Anshul Shore in Philadelphia in 1927, um, and I knew that, you know, pretty much right off the bat. I said, oh, this is Sekunda's original manuscript for this, and he probably handed it off to a copyist who uh, orchestrated it or something, but it was fascinating. It was in his handwriting. Um, he went on, for example, in 19 early 1930s to write by Mir Mr. Shane. Later on, he wrote Dona Dona. Um, he had quite a few songs that were that became very, very popular. Um, but uh, this is, you know, this looked like an original, original manuscript. But it was interesting because it was coupled with a, 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 a score that was completely orchestrated. In fact, the, all the orchestrations for something called Das, uh, das Mädel von die West, which means the American Girl, and again, that's another title from the Yiddish theater from the 1920s, but that one's by Joseph Rumshinsky. Um, now his music is all at UCLA. Um, so I don't know why this stuff ended up at the Book Center, but again, uh, somebody must have found it. Um, it also implied that, in fact, this folder had belonged to Anshul Shore, uh, who was the manager of the Art Street Theater in Philadelphia. And, I mean, what I can do is look at this and fill in a lot of gaps, because I'm not sure where people would look up all that information, but I mean, since I study music, I can talk about what the music is. Um, we also noticed, uh, for example, there were a bunch of manuscripts. I went through this with uh, Ada Hetko, which, who is a uh, uh, current um, intern at the Book Center, um, a fellow at the Book Center, and uh, she's, she's wonderful. She knows a lot about music, too. And um, we found original manuscripts by, for example, A.W. Binder, um, who um, was the main person who wrote about cantillation. So he wrote a lot about synagogue music. Uh, Avram Wolf Binder, also a composer, uh, very, very well known. But here we, we don't know if these are available anywhere else, uh, some of these things. We found music by uh, Julius Hayes, um composer originally from... Um, Lemberg from uh, Eastern Galicia, and he um, eventually became. You know, he was a concert pianist. He was a very, very famous composer. He lived in Israel for a couple, couple years early in life, and and was one of the people who kind of invented this sort of what they called like Oriental style uh, in Israel. But then he moved to Detroit, uh, 1940, and lived there for the rest of his life. Um, and uh, we we also found music by um, Zinovi. Bistritsky, who, uh, and these are all in manuscript. I mean, it, we don't know if any more any other copies of these even existed. And Bistritsky is interesting because he was a violinist uh, and conductor and very active on the scene in um, in Detroit. Um, so there must have been a Detroit connection. There must have been maybe someone from Detroit who sent these things in, uh, possibly, um, and just knew they shouldn't be thrown out, but had no idea where to send them. Um, Bistritsky composed music based on folk themes, on Jewish folk themes for violin, and there were two piano pieces that, again, I don't know if any other manuscripts of these pieces even exist. Um, the other thing about Bistritsky that was so interesting was he lived long enough to be part of the Motown Orchestra so that, you know, he got to do things like play on um, Marvin Gaye's record, What's Going On? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, very interesting figure, uh, and I think his, his brother was a conductor in Detroit. Um, but, you know, where is, you know, where would this stuff 
um, end up. It's, it's, it's not really obvious that it should go to the Library of Congress or that it should go to YIVO. And uh, people just think of the Book Center as a place that rescues things. And I suppose, you know, that's partly um, why they call me if they have something musical, um, because I might be able to fill in the gaps. Well, I gather this, um, your visit and uh, what you all were looking at in the closet caused a lot of excitement here at the center. Um, and I guess I know why now. Yeah? Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's likely, you know, for example, if Shalom Aleichem, like, wrote some short stories and just kind of had them in manuscript, they're probably not going to end up at the book center. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to end up with books. <laughs> you know, that manuscript's going to go right to a museum. Uh, with music, it's not so obvious. Um, it could very well be that some of these pieces that are not well-known uh, might end up um, right there. And it was fascinating, you know, because there we had, for example, this handwritten manuscript of this show, the Yiddish Shiksa, and then, you know, you can look in the sheet music collection of the Book Center and you find published manuscripts of exactly the same song. Uh, we had the same thing. We have uh, in the Discovery Gallery, the Book Center, we have a suitcase that came into the Book Center with the son of um, Sonia Victor, and she had uh, written songs. She was a poet from Vilna, but her family didn't speak Yiddish, so they put all her stuff in a suitcase. And, um, and, and, and in that suitcase, there were songs that she composed with Henna Kohn, who was a composer from Poland, um, and uh, who wrote, for example, the score to the movie uh, The Dybbuk. Um, and we found also published uh, music from Henna Kohn the other day. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting to uh in the music in the music uh side of the book center what comes in uh, it it's just anybody's guess and i'm i'm you know i'm glad they call me i consider it very exciting to uh you know to find these things and not only that but because i'm you know actively performing with in all kinds of uh venues um this is just more music for us to to uh to to, to sing and play that was actually um, segues nicely into what my next question <laughs> is, which is, did you take any home, and will we, you know, let, see it surface in unexpected ways? Oh, absolutely. I made copies of some Rinshinsky songs that I needed. In fact, I had recorded one, and I hadn't seen the manuscript for probably 10 years, and <laughs> luckily, uh, I, the way I recorded it, um, I remembered it pretty accurately. But uh, I was able to recheck that when I was there. They also, um, you know, there's also some things like you find uh, scholarly, uh, you know, scholarly books from conferences that people will throw in with the music that really, you know, again, it's not a Yiddish book. It's not really something the Book Center has any use for. So, I, yeah, I took some stuff home. Uh, I also took home things that I had left at the Book Center when I uh, worked there because uh, we, had, we had worked on projects and, you know, there was a lot of stuff in that closet, so I was very glad to find some things that I had left there uh, about 10 years ago. Were there any particular favorites of um, that David or Ada discovered along with you or well, responded well, to? Well, yeah, yeah. Ada found this great thing. I thought it was amazing uh, because, you know, she uh, is fluent in Yiddish, um, but also is someone who I think deeply appreciates the whole kind of ironic uh, world of uh, American assimilation um, in ways that I think we have a younger generation that really, you know, really can look at that a little uh, 
let's say it's not as charged for them as it is for us you know for for them it's their grandparents for us it's uh, our parents uh so uh you know there was a skit that i think uh had come from new haven from some yiddish uh yiddish group in new haven and it was it was absolutely hilarious um and and uh, she should show it to you it was very very funny because it just it would have like you know, English phrases crossed out, and then someone would put some funny Yiddish phrase to, you know, it was obvious that these people were writing a skit to be delivered at a very specific luncheon to kind of spoof some particular member of the group. But the fluency of the Yiddish, it was very, very important, whoever was writing this, that sections of it should be in Yiddish. Uh, So it was just kind of fun to watch, you know, when they would cross out the English phrase and somebody would come up with the Yiddish phrase and, you know, it was obviously like a little bit of a little bit of a uh, tapestry. I'll definitely, definitely take a look at that because um, <laughs> it sounds really great. I mean, I think it speaks to the fact that sometimes things arrive where they're, you know, sort of carried or, along with or packed with books and there are these amazing treasures that open up whole new windows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, you don't really know what's going to come in with the books, and that was one of the most exciting things of working at the book center, um, and and always is exciting on a visit. I mean, you just kind of, you know, your jaw drops when you look at some of these things, um, and the, you know, then they're not necessarily what the book center collects. Uh, so you know, David's job is to repatriate them with whatever archive they should be in, perhaps. Um, and uh, the other nice thing is. Whenever, for example, there's sheet music, like you'll get you'll get sheet music for the ten Yiddish hits, of course, or or you know the ones that everyone knows: Shane Vidi Lavuna, Belts, Mein Stetel Belts, Tumbala Laika. I mean, you know, of course, like like almost every collection is going to have those things. But then there are going to be songs that there might only be one or two copies of. I remember just the other day. Uh, when we were looking, for example, we found something published by Lion and Healy in Chicago. And Lion and Healy in Chicago, I mean, they make harps. Um, why were they publishing Jewish music? Um, I didn't know that. Um, and I'd never seen uh, any music uh, come out of that company, but this was Jewish music coming out of that company, which was very interesting to me. Uh, you know, it could be that they published lots of it, but... Um, I'd never seen anything like that song before. Um, and in every collection, there were songs that were actually quite rare. And in those cases, what I think David does is he makes copies and he puts it in the catalog and he saves three copies. And uh, that's, I think that's how they do everything uh, these days. Well, and I think also just to, he goes beyond that in, in finding out the backstories. He's so sort of naturally curious um, about, oh, yeah, yeah. about yeah. this history that the stuff surfaces and it, as I say, it just sort of like feeds all of our curiosity and sense of discovery, which, it, you know, excites you about the work that you're doing here. Yeah, it's very, it, 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 well, he, you know, he's a truly, truly an activist and he's somebody who really uh, is in the right place at the right time. <laughs> true, true, because we are now having the luxury of actually being able to unpack this um, yeah. with some kind of, uh, yeah, a reasoned um, amount of time um, allowed. So was there a best moment of the day other than I gather you had lunch at Atkins Farm? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought the funniest thing I really enjoyed Listening to Ada read the uh, read the skit from the uh, 
the New Haven Women's Club. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ask her for a lunchtime reenactment. Yes, you have then. to. You okay. have to. <laughs> She's good with presentations. Um, Hankus, thanks so much for joining me, and, and really for all that you do and have done for us here at the center. You've mined the trove. You keep us inspired. Your knowledge and curiosity are really something that's very, very special um, and much appreciated. And I uh, look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. You'll be back for Yid's Talk. Absolutely, with Vera Lozinski, who, in my opinion, is the best Yiddish singer in the world. So that will be a tremendous pleasure. <laughs> On stage here. Thanks again, Hankus. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Sarah Blakefeld. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon.